Welcome to the podcast of Selmore Baptist Church in Ozark, Missouri. To learn more about our church, please visit selmorebaptist.com. And now, here's the sermon. And you spent your time in this passage of Scripture, just about 13 verses, I believe. If you did, you would find the answers and maybe more than what I'm finding here. But it's a very important question. What is the light of the world enabling us to see now? What is the light wanting us to see at Selmore Baptist Church? Here are the answers that I would begin to unfold for you. The first answer is this, the light of the world enables us to see the darkness of sin. The light of the world enables us to see the darkness of sin. Now I want to tell you about darkness and sin. It is very easy, I think, for us to self-deceive So that the darkness is there, but we are not aware of that darkness. I believe that there is darkness still in my life. Oh, you say, Brother Hosey, are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. I'm aware of it sometimes, but I suspect other times that I'm not. Darkness is something that I still deal with. I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm going to heaven, but I still do battle with the world and the flesh and the devil. Darkness is something that I deal with. Can I tell you? Darkness is something you'll deal with and you do deal with. And darkness is something the church of Jesus Christ has to deal with. Here we have in John's gospel the darkness and the light in stark contrast. We read it from John 1.5, John 11.10, John 9.4 where he says, The night is coming. The night is coming. In other words, darkness is ahead. He said in Isaiah, or the Bible said in Isaiah 9 too, the people who dwelt in what? Darkness have seen a great light. Folks, listen to me. We must have the light of the world because the light of the world enables us to see the darkness of sin. I've had people ask me through the years, what about people who are in darkness in some other country of the world or even in our country and they've never heard the name of Jesus Christ? What happens to those folks? I'm aware that there are people with different answers and I honor your differences. I do. And I acknowledge that you may be right and I may be wrong. But I want to tell you, I believe that God gives light to all. And I want to hear you to hear what Adrian Rogers, one of the great preachers of my lifetime, had to say. He was preaching on Romans chapter 1 and he gave something that I've never forgotten. It's helped me in looking at this issue of darkness and light and and why I have the light and some people do not have the light. But here's what Adrian Rogers said. All men have some light. Church, stay with me for a moment. All men have some light. All women have some light. All young people have some light. They have the light of creation That's enough for us to see that there is a God. They have the light of conscience, which God put into every heart and life. All people have some light. Now, that's what Adrian said. You may disagree. I happen to agree with him. He said this. Note this carefully. Light refused increases the darkness. Huh? Light refused increases the darkness. I meet people regularly who are refusing the light of the world. That is dangerous business. 
because every time you refuse the light, the darkness increases. Adrian said, light refused increases the darkness. Number three, light obeyed increases the light. Light obeyed increases the light. You remember the story of the Ethiopian eunuch on his way back from Jerusalem? He was a seeker. He was looking for God. He was responding to the light he had been given. But he had not been given sufficient light to come to salvation. And so God reached up into Samaria, found a man named Philip in a revival meeting, sent him down into that road that leads on the south part of the land of God's people, land of Israel. And he sends him to this place and he meets this man in a chariot and he's riding along reading from the book of Isaiah as I recall and when he goes up and God says go up and join yourself to that man he did and the man said how can I understand this if someone doesn't explain it and here's what I'm saying that Ethiopian eunuch had some light and God gave him more light light received increases the light. Uh, one more story. Cornelius. Remember the name of Cornelius? Cornelius had some light. He was a God-fearing man. He was a Gentile, but he had some light. He wanted more light. He was seeking to respond to that light. And he heard there was a man named Peter, and he sent some to him to bring him to speak to them about the light. And he did indeed bring that message. Peter himself was in darkness. He didn't think that there was any way that he could be in a association with those unclean Gentiles. And yet God showed the light to Peter and then Peter spoke the light to Cornelius and Cornelius and all of his household were saved. And I'm saying to you that life obeyed increases the light. And number four from Adrian and finally, men are judged according to the light that they have received. Men are judged according to the light that they have. Now don't misunderstand me. No one gets to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. Hear that. But what Adrian Rogers was saying was if a person responds to the light that they've been given, God will give them more light. Let me quote from him. When a man is ready to receive the gospel, God will get the gospel to that man if he has to wreck an airplane and parachute a missionary in. I believe with all my heart there's never been a man who ever lived on the face of this earth or a woman who died without some opportunity to have received Christ had they lived up to the light that God gave them. Final quote from Adrian, while all men don't have enough life to save them, all men have enough light to damn them. Those are sobering words. See, the first thing that light enables us to see is the reality of the darkness of sin. And I remind you, Jesus is the light of the world. And when that light shines, then we see the darkness that still lurks within us. Light has come into the world. Light has come into the world. But John said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. There's something about our propensity as human beings to flee from that light. But when we hide, we still hurt. The light of the world enables us to see the radiance or the, uh, the reality of the darkness of sin. Now we move to hope. The light, this is number two, enables us to see the radiance of the Savior. The light enables us to see the radiance of the Savior. He is the Son of God, and 
in him there is light. And the light enables us to see his radiance. I might also say to you, the light always dispels the darkness. When Jesus shines, the darkness flees. The light delivered this sinful woman. And do not make a mistake. This woman was in darkness. Don't sugarcoat that. But I will tell you, the religious leaders were in darkness also. And their darkness probably was more difficult in that they thought they had the light. I think she knew she was a mess. I think she knew she was in darkness. They thought they were right with God, and they were not. Light dispels that darkness. And the light delivered the sinful woman. In the next chapter, a blind man will receive his sight as again a reminder that the light of the world can give light wherever he chooses to, to give light. James, it's been a long time ago, I think. I'm trying to remember when. Any of you remember the March for Jesus's, the March for Jesus in Springfield? We had these things in Springfield. We'd meet up north uh, of the square and we would have, uh, in some instances, hundreds if not thousands of people uh, marching down the streets would wind up at the square. But I remember one of the songs that were sung during that time. Shine, Jesus, shine. You remember that song? What a great song that was. Shine, Jesus, shine. And let your glory be seen in all the earth. Blaze, spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Listen, do not, does not the church need the light of the world to set our hearts on fire one more time? Will the darkness persist? It will until the light comes. Is the darkness real? Of course it is. Will the darkness win? It will not win in my life. <laughs> and I trust it won't in yours. The light of the world wins in the end. The darkness cannot overcome the light. So who is this man? He is the light of the world. What does the light of the world enable us to see? Number one, it enables us to see the darkness of sin. Number two, it enables us to see the radiance of the Savior. There's something else, though, that I want you to see. Got your Bible where you can see it? Whatever form it's in, I told you, keep your Bible open. I want you to see this yourself. I just don't, don't want to just say it and I, because I think it's important. We're back to verse 12 now. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. Now listen carefully. He or she who follows me shall not walk in what? Darkness, but have the light of light. I want you to think about this. Here's what Jesus is saying. Those who know me, those who claim me, those who follow me, shall not walk in darkness. Now my friend, if the rest of this message has not spoken to you directly, this may. Shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see, when Jesus, the light of the world, shines, He enables us to see the darkness of sin, the radiance of the Savior. Here's the third one. He enables us to see the responsibility of the saved. Now listen to me. 
the responsibility of the saved. We got to witness something glorious today, the baptism of this young boy. And that was a wonderful thing, and we clapped and cheered, and well, we ought to. It's shouting time and glory. But I thought, I thought, Aragon, as I watched, are we people he can safely follow? You have a responsibility. You say, no, that's the pastor's responsibility. I receive that. It is my responsibility to live in the light. It is my responsibility to turn away from darkness. It is my responsibility to live a life so that boy can safely follow me. You say, well, that's the deacon's responsibility. It is. We have great deacons. And I charge you now. You live a life so that if that boy walks these halls with you, every word you say will be a word fitly spoken in due season. Every word you say will be necessary words that are good for necessary edification. If that boy follows you, deacon, I want him to follow somebody safely. I might as well meddle a little and say, you say, Pastor, that's for the deacon's wives. Hmm. And I charge you that are wives of the deacons to live a life so that boy can safely follow you. Can listen to what you're saying here and listen to what you're saying out there. A person that a child can safely follow. You see, when the light of the world shines, it enables us to see the responsibility of the saved. We must not walk in darkness. When people see me, they should see the reflection of Jesus Christ through my life. They should not see my light. They should see His light. And yet, and yet, and yet, Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they take a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand it gives light to all the world. And then He said, and then He said, and then He said to Selmore Baptist Church, You are the light of the world. And my friend, if your light is dim and dark... You need to take care of some things before you take the table. You need to take care of some things. When the light of the world shines, and by the way, I'm not stopping with the pastor and the deacons and their wives or the staff and their wives. I'm talking to every person in this room that's a child of God. The light of the world enables you to see your responsibility. I am to walk in the light as He is in the light. And if I am a believer in Christ, I should not walk in darkness. I am not preaching perfectionism. We will not have perfection till we see the perfect one, Jesus Christ. But I am teaching and preaching that you ought never to come to this table with unconfessed, unforsaken sin. In just a moment, I'm going to read you what Paul said about that. The light enables us to see the responsibility of the saved. As I was preparing for this message, I had an image come into my mind. It was an image of three wounds. Three wounds. Listen. When we fail to reflect the light of Christ, 
we wound ourselves. So what do you mean? Well, for one thing, we wound our witness. When we behave with carnality in the flesh, we wound ourselves. Wound number one. That's serious. That's serious. Number two, when we fail to love our brother and sister in Christ, we wound them. So not only is our witness wounded, but our fellowship is wounded. When we fail to love our brother and sister in Christ, did not Jesus say, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother hath ought against you, leave there your gift at the altar first. Be reconciled to your brother and then go and then come and offer your gift. But first, be reconciled. I think this morning there is a need for a revival of reconciliation at Selmore Baptist Church. Three wounds. When we fail to reflect the light of Christ, we wound ourselves. When we fail to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we wound them. Would you please not take this last one lightly? When we wound ourselves and others... We wound Christ. Did not Paul say, speaking not of the individual here, but of the church, that uh, do you not know that you are the body of Christ? And he went on to say, if any, you're the temple of God's what he said. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that, that temple is holy? He said, if anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. You say, well, that sounds uh, foreign to my ears. But that's what the Bible says. This week I found something in my reading by a man named Justin Jeppesen. Never heard of him before. What is the biggest problem plaguing our world today? I suggest to you that it is not the presence of decay and corruption, but the absence of salt. Our biggest problem is not the pervasiveness of darkness, but a lack of the light. To state it another way, the greatest threat to our world are people who claim to be Christians, but who are not living into and out of their identity as ones who have been transformed by Christ. That shook me. Literally. I want it to shake you. God help us to love one another. For love is of God. Who is this man? Well, he's the light of the world. What does he enable us to see? The light of the world enables us to see the reality of the darkness of sin. The radiance of the Savior and the responsibility of the saved. This will not be on the screen, but I'm going to read it now rather than at the table. And I'm going to take you, if you want to follow in your Bible, I'm going to be going to chapter 11 in 1 Corinthians. Would you give ear to this? For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. I'm in 1 Corinthians 11:23. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take, 
eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse number 27. Are you listening? Therefore... Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What does it mean? I think it means not discerning the reality of the church and our responsibilities within it. The church is the Lord's body, I believe, to be the church. It may also, of course, refer to Him, the Lord Himself. Verse 30, now listen. This is not hosey blue. It's what Paul's saying under the inspiration of the Spirit. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. You know what that means, don't you? Many died. Why? Because they abused the table. The Lord's table is for all of the Lord's family, all of the baptized believers who have testified of their faith in Christ. We ought to examine ourselves, not to see if we're sinless. If so, we would shut the doors and go home. Not a person in here could claim sinlessness if we say we have no sin. We make him a liar. No, no, no. That's not what it means. It means this. Is your relationship today right with God? Because you have confessed your sin and you've asked for His forgiveness and you have cried out to the Holy Spirit to help you turn away from that sin and forsake it. Then you're welcome at His table. Is your relationship right with the people that are on this side of the building and on that side of the building? Those at the back and those at the front. Are your relationships right? That's the body of Christ. And it's serious to take of this supper which declares we are one with Him and we're one in the bond of love with each other. That's serious business. I'm not asking you to, I'm not telling you this so you won't take the supper. I'm telling you this so that when we have the invitation in a moment, you may need to go to somebody in this room and simply say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You say, what if I think I was right? Go to them and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and stop there. But I'm just simply saying, if anything is needed in the church here and in the church at large, it is that we become children of light. And we let the Spirit of God dispel the darkness from this place. Bow your heads with me. I will tell you that when the invitation begins, I will take enough time so that if you need to get up, we'll be standing by then from where you are, that you can come. And as we start this invitation, uh, Brother James, I do not want any uh, vocal music. Uh, if there's any music at all, just make it very quiet. I want people to be able to respond. I'm going to come down on the floor level. Mr. Pastor Aragon will be here as well. Let me pray with you. Father, I love these good people, and I do believe they are indeed good people. But, Lord, they battle darkness just like I battle darkness. Now is the time to let the light shine. The light of the world is here. We pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. Would you stand with me, please? If you have a commitment to make, come and make it. If you have a person you need to go to, do it. Do it. And be right with God and your brothers and sisters in Christ.